Welcome to Uncomfortable Is Okay, where we explore the science, the stories, and the strategies of getting out of your comfort zone, navigating challenge, and doing the hard things that make life worth living. I'm your host, Chris Desmond. Uncomfortable Is Okay is brought to you by Health Mentors. Health Mentors is a performance well-being company that helps change makers dial in their health and improve their performance in the middle of a chaotic world. We offer one-on-one health mentoring services, as well as a range of workshops and workplace solutions, all the way up to supporting organizations with their well-being strategy. You can find out more at healthmentors.nz or get in contact with Chris at healthmentors.nz. Welcome to the Uncomfortable Is Okay podcast. Today, I'm just going to do a solo episode, and this the solo episode is off the back of just a short ebook that I wrote called My Health Plan, which is all about dialing in your health and performance in the middle of a chaotic world and some processes that we can use to do that. Some people love reading, some people love audio, some people love video, so I thought that as well as the written copy of this book, I would record a video and record a podcast on it as well for the people who like to consume content that way. So let's just get stuck into it. The last two and a bit years have given us all cause to pause and contemplate what's actually important in our lives, which things should we spend more time, effort and attention on, and from all of those, from the surveys, from the research out there, health consistently comes out at the top of everyone's lists. And while trying to navigate a global pandemic and keep all the other parts of our lives operating in some capacity, how many of us have actually done more than just think that our health is something that we should invest more in? Because we live in a time and a world where our days, our weeks, and our years are they're just filled with a myriad of important and urgent things to do. So you've got that report that needs to be written, the emergency meeting that you have to squeeze into your schedule, that client problem that fills up your day, trying to keep a business running in a hugely uncertain environment, multiple child-related activities, trying to be a good parent, trying to be a good partner, what else, trying to look after your dog, take them out for walks. And all of these conflicting priorities often lead to our health being squeezed out to the side. And when we do put aside some time for our health uh, and our self-care, more often than not, we'll start to feel a little bit guilty about doing it because we've got all of this other important stuff that we need to put our attention and our time into. And lots of other things come first. Looking after our health often ends up sitting near the bottom of that priority list. Because when we have an overfull schedule, we'll often reach for the most convenient option. And when it comes to food, activity, sleep or relaxation, unfortunately the most convenient option is also the one that doesn't really benefit our health or doesn't benefit our performance. And choices that we would get away with in our teens and our early 20s now start to weigh us down, sometimes literally. Our increased responsibilities get in the way of all the positive health actions that we took back then, like walking everywhere or catching up with friends on a regular basis and basically just living a lower stress life. 
And as a result of all of this, all of this busyness, all of this craziness, all of this responsibility, often we just end up putting up with a lot of health niggles. So things like aches and pains, low energy, high stress, feeling out of shape, the list just goes on. And these things are they're frustrating, but they don't often cross that threshold from frustration to pain where we're motivated to actually take some serious action to sort them out. We just kind of accept them as a normal part of our lives. And that's not to say that pain, discomfort, these these niggles aren't normal. They they definitely are. But often there is something that we can do to improve that situation as well. And when someone asks us how our health is, we usually respond in the typical Kiwi way of, oh yeah, it's it's not bad or it's okay. But when we're asked if we would like to better improve our health, our answer is invariably, yeah, definitely. And sometimes we wonder if our ability to give our best in the important areas of our lives is limited because our health isn't where that where we want it to be. Our health is a bit average. And so when I ask the, the clients that I do health mentoring with why looking after their health is important to them, these are some of the reasons. So one, this one's from a startup founder. I want to be a role model for my kids and for the people around me. And that includes being on top of my health. This one's from a senior manager. Improving my health means that I'm better able to perform at work and then I can come home and give the best for my family. This one is from a manager about to step up to a director level. And it's I see the I see the people at the top. And out of the ones who have been there the longest and performing over the longest period of time, they're all really, really. And this one is from a project manager. Is I just know that when I'm healthier, I have so much more capacity to deal with the difficult stuff that happens in my life. But despite this motivation to improve our health and all of these positive reasons that we should improve it, making healthy change in our lives isn't easy. And here are a couple of things that get in the way of us living healthier lives. First of all, it's life. Life gets in the way. We've kind of talked about it already. Life is packed with conflicting priorities and us as people in our own self-care often ends up down the bottom of that priority list or near the bottom. And unfortunately, when we do get some space to invest in our own health, we often lack the energy to do so because we've been so busy giving, other, giving to other people and getting things done. So despite our best intentions, our plan to be healthier doesn't always play out the way that we want it to. Another challenge is I think there are there are way too many gurus out there when it comes to health. The internet is a it's an absolutely wonderful thing when it comes to learning new information. It's all just a click away. But when we begin to search for health improvement information on the web, things start to kind of get overwhelming for us. There's an abundance of people promoting certain diets, certain workout routines, certain mental health practices. And if we look at a broad range of information, we'll often find that the messages are somewhat contradictory. For example, in one diet, we should eat this, but in another, we shouldn't. 
and it can start to get a little bit confusing when we just want to take when we want to start or when we want to take the next step in our health journey and searching for some quality information to to give us that direction and there is a lot of information out there that is great quality that is absolutely fantastic there's so much out there which is which is awesome but unfortunately there's also a lot of bullshit out there and sometimes it is hard to tell the difference because some of that great quality information isn't always as well presented or as well marketed as maybe some of the more ineffectual information that's out there so that's another reason a third reason is I think like we often view health as a should do rather than a want to because there's this narrative around improving our health is one of should do. I should eat more vegetables. I should exercise more. I should use that mindfulness app that I paid for. But how often do we actually rebel against something that we should do? And when you're told that you should do something, most of the time our natural response is to kind of want to stick our middle finger up in the air and walk away. We'll, we'll have a fight with our inner rebel until we can change that should do to a want to. And I think another thing that is, is unhelpful for improving our health is often it's not fun. Because let's be honest, there are a lot of health activities out there that just aren't that fun for us. We'll have a crack at the generic advice that we read in the article with a clickbait title. We'll test out that thing that the that lady taught us at the latest well-being training that work put on. And we'll sometimes even have a go at that thing that our mother-in-law mentioned. Not that we would ever tell her that, but often we don't find them enjoyable. Or worse yet, they aren't actually that meaningful to us. And I get that there are cases of health activities, and it's often exercise, that aren't particularly enjoyable to begin with. And often we do, do need to work through a period of discomfort to start with until we can find some joy further down the track. And I know for me that getting back into certain types of exercise after an extended period of time off is always tough, but actually in three or four weeks, I'll be starting to enjoy that exercise again. But it's when we're trying to stick to healthy changes that don't offer up any fun or any potential of fun in the future or any meaning for us and for our lives, then it's really tough to be consistent with our health behavior. Another challenge for us is that great gets in the way of good because health and the trend of biohacking out there and health how to optimize your health and how to hack your way to to healthy healthy life if we're going to do something we're going to do it well right but that mindset often isn't particularly helpful for us when we're looking to change that search for what great looks like is really really time consuming and the science around health and well-being is expanding at an incredible pace. No one can keep fully abreast of it or even keep fully abreast of one area of it. Even these people whose job it is, whose life work it, it is to study these areas. There's so much research coming out that no one can keep up with it all. And 
the information that's coming out, as we've mentioned, a lot of it is conflicting, or at least it's interpreted in a conflicting way by people explaining it to the public. And it's so it's it's near impossible to understand what great looks like across all facets of our health. And the challenge is when we're looking for great straight away, we run the risk of spending all of our time and energy in the search for great and none of our energy on actually taking any positive action to improve our health. And when we're looking for great and when we're searching for great as well, a challenge with that is that great is often so far away from where we are right now that the distance to tra- that we have to travel between where we are and where great is can often seem really overwhelming and really demotivating. And the final, the final thing that I think gets in the way of us improving our health is that we have a lack of self-compassion. And I have lots of conversations with great people about how they've failed at implementing healthy behaviors into their lives. They've started out with great motivation. They're all excited. They've set some targets for themselves, whether that be numbers on the scales or amount of workouts per week or a new diet that they want to jump on. Then life happens and it, and it knocks them off course. And here's a hot tip for you all. Life always happens. It happens to all of us on a regular basis and knocks us all off course. You're not alone in that. But all of a sudden, because they haven't stuck to their plan, negative self-talk starts to come out. This is too hard. I'm not good enough. I have no self-discipline. So instead of actually just shaking off the fact that being knocked off course and starting over, we start to spiral downwards away from the healthy behaviors that we want to implement into our lives. And so it's not actually the falling off our program that's the problem it's the negative self-talk and the emotional response that we have to falling off the program that stops us from taking consistent healthy action and i think that the most underrated skill that we can that we have in living a healthy life is our ability to deploy self-compassion because if we can have self-compassion then we can acknowledge that things didn't actually go the way that we hoped we can understand that it sucks but that doesn't make us a bad person and then we can get our back into our program or back into some modified version of it and with self-compassion we can process our emotional response to failure quickly instead of getting wrapped up in it and having it drag us down and then we can decide to take a helpful action to get us back on track And those six factors and more mean that actually making improvements to our health is often really quite difficult to start and even more difficult to sustain. And I'd like to just get into kind of how we think about health and perhaps the most simple way to think about health is that it falls on a spectrum with a negative side and a positive side. And two important markers on that spectrum are poor health at one on one side and good health on the other side. And these aren't particularly, they're not end points on the spectrum, but maybe rather points to measure ourselves against. Because if we continue past 
poor on the negative side. Sooner or later, we're going to hit dead and we don't actually get to keep playing the game when we get to that point. And if we continue past good on the opposite side of the scale, you'll end up at great or excellent or like another one of Bill and Ted's adventures that they go on. But I'm not sure if anyone really knows if there is an endpoint on that positive side of the spectrum. And so if you're reading this, your health probably somewhere falls somewhere between poor and good, like the majority of the population, like myself. But health also relates to performance. And so when it comes to thinking about how our health affects our ability to function in life, I find it helpful to change the names on the spectrum. So we, we switch out the word poor for pain and we switch out the word good for performance. And so when we're experiencing poor health, pain is a natural consequence of that. And we experience physical pain as a symptom of illness, of injury or other health challenges that we're facing. And we often experience mental pain with the associated stress and frustration of poor health. And almost everyone that I've worked with experiences some emotional pain tied to their poor health and the restrictive effects that that has on their lives. But most of us end up falling somewhere around that, the middle of the spectrum, somewhere between poor and good. And often we're far enough away from pain that it doesn't motivate us to take all urgent acts action to improve our health because everyone everything else gets in the way of us moving towards good health and good performance and i think good health really it, it sets the scene for us to perform at a, at a good level across a raft of areas of our lives and sports science has progressed greatly over the last few decades. We under, understand the effects of, of lots of different health variables and health actions for athletic performance. Poor sleep, you have a poor sleep, it's harder to perform at your best. You have a burger and chips for lunch before a big game, it's probably not the best performance food for you. You have a big night out on the weekend and training is harder than usual for the start of the week. And something similar plays out in other areas of our lives as well. And most of us don't need to deliver professional level athletic performances on a regular basis. But we do want to be performing well across multiple areas of our lives. We want to be performing well for our families. We want to be performing well at work for our clients and our colleagues. We want to be performing well for our mates. We want to be performing in our chosen hobby. We want to be performing in the bedroom. And performance in these areas can be harder to measure, arbitrary KPIs aside. But when we're taking negative health actions across a period of time, our performance does start to suffer for it. We become more lethargic. We don't feel our best. Our aches and pains increase. Our stress levels can be harder to manage. So in short, we need to expend more effort to operate at the same level we would if our health was better. So let's start to talk about health improvement now and how we can start to move towards that performance side of the spectrum, towards that good side of the spectrum. And there are, there are so many different tactics, specific tactics that we can use out there to improve our health that I could probably bore you to death with them. 
these are the ones that all of the gurus are, are selling, but also all of the evidence points to as well, these specific health tactics. But I think performing our health and performance sustainably really comes down to three main components. So the first is awareness, the second is systems, and the third is stories. So let's start talking about awareness. Awareness is the honest recognition of your current health status. It's the understanding of what good health looks like for you, and it's knowing what to do and how to do it to bridge that gap from where you are at the moment to where you want to go. It's about paying attention as you make changes so that you understand how you respond to each action and what's standing in the way of making the healthy choice the easy choice for you. It's about learning when you need to make changes and developing a deep understanding of why these changes are meaningful to you and to your life. So understanding what good looks like for us is vital as we look to improve our health and performance. Because when we start with good in mind, it helps us set meaningful direction for our health improvement. We're working towards things we actually care about and are going to make our life life better not just what some guru tells us we should be doing or what the latest six-week bikini body boot camp blitz that we've signed up for tells us that we should doing building awareness of where we are is important because sometimes let's be honest we look at our health through rose tinted glasses we downplay the amount of negative choices that we make and think that we actually make more positive choices than we do. Sometimes we do actually have the opposite problem, which is a slightly different kettle of fish that needs addressing. When we can create a health plan tailored to us, it sets ourselves up for successful implementation of health activities in a sustainable way, including when life smacks us on the side of the head. And when we're talking about a health plan, and when I talk with a health plan, about a health plan with my clients as well, health is an acronym, and the, the H stands for the health opportunity that we're looking to pursue. So what's the direction that we want to, to move in? What direction do we want to move toward? E is the expected principles that are going to take us towards that, that health opportunity, move us in that direction. So for example, we want to get stronger. So the principle that we're, that we're using with that is, hey, you want to get strong? You probably need to go and move some heavy stuff around and you probably need to eat a reasonable diet with enough calories and enough protein that is going to allow you to build some muscle mass. And so that's the principles. The A stands for applied tactics. So these are the things that sit underneath the principles. They are the things that you could do. It's the, the gym routine you could, could go to go and do. It's the, the Pilates or the yoga classes that you could, you could work on to build some strength. It's the body weight exercises or the YouTube videos that you could watch. Um, it's the, the hoisting your children around. So these different tactics apply at different, apply at different areas of our lives at, in different contexts. So building out a raft of applied tactics is really, really helpful so that you can utilize them at different points. 
most people start with the tactics most gurus are going to start you with those tactics and say hey you need to just plug and play these into your lives but that doesn't appreciate the context that you live within the l stands for life context so how do you take these these opportunities these principles these tactics and apply them to your specific life situation the t stands for threat mitigation because life is going to punch us in the face at some life does have a pattern of punching us in a, in the face in a certain way for the most part so when we've built some awareness about the areas that we're likely to trip up, then we can create some strategies around thinking about, okay, how do we, how do we manage this threat? How do we mitigate it? Or how do we move it out of the way? And then once you've, once you've done that, once you've got the health opportunity, the expected principles, the applied tactics, the life context and the threat mitigation, here we go. It's time to get in to implementing that plan. So the second, the second pillar of sustainable health change and sustainable health improvement is the systems. So they're the, they're the processes that you run that lead to your health actions. There are external components to these processes like the cues that trigger habit loops and internal components like decision processes that we run through when we come to a choice point. And these processes are influenced by our environments and the complexity of the actions that we're trying to perform. And so we need to apply awareness to our systems as they often need refining as our circumstances and our context changes. And there are so many ways that we can enhance our environment to make the healthy choice the easy choice. Some of some of these require small tweaks that deliver really, really big changes. A lot of us don't actually use our support networks for support when it comes to health either. And pe people love helping out if they're able to. And using our support networks or seeking out support networks to use, like when it comes to health, like a mental health practitioner or a, a trainer or a dietitian or a nutritionist or a health coach or a health mentor like myself. And using those that support in the right way has definitely been shown to help make us healthier. And another point to think about on systems is that the context of our lives are changing on a really regular basis. We often need to develop specific systems which apply to specific contexts rather than just relying on one generic system across the board. Although in saying that there are helpful simple systems that work really, really well for us across multiple contexts, but often systems are particularly context dependent when it comes to our health and our, our certain circumstances. And the final pillar is stories. And stories are the narratives that we run internally which define who we believe we are and the actions that we take. And they, again, stories sit on a spectrum from helpful to unhelpful. And we often tell these stories to ourselves without particularly being aware of them. And again, awareness comes into play when it comes to stories as well. So we need to apply awareness to our stories, to our internal narratives, in case those unhelpful stories need to be redefined. 
because our identities are built on stories. Who we believe we are is based on the stories that we tell ourselves on a consistent basis. These stories are our interpretation of information that's come to us at some point in time. They're the narratives that run through our consciousness, which then inform the actions that we take. And the action that we take then usually reinforces that story that we've been telling ourselves. And so the behavioral pattern that the story drives gets stronger over time. And I think it's, it's unhelpful to think of these stories as either true or untrue or fact or fiction. Because your stories and, and my stories, uh, they're all true. Because we believe them, we tell them to ourselves, and they influence our behavior. So I think a more helpful question to ask ourselves is when it comes to stories, is uh, are our stories helpful or are they unhelpful? Are they helpful or are they harmful? Do our stories drive helpful behavior for us? Because even a, a scientifically incorrect story can still be helpful for us if it enhances our ability to take healthy action. And then I guess the trick becomes to identify and change our unhelpful stories, the ones that hold us back from our quest for healthy behavior change. And this requires us to pay attention to the internal narratives that sit around our health behaviors and then begin to redefine the stories into ones that, that more are more helpful. And that's not to say that we need to tell ourselves lies or we need to develop uh, mantras or pos really positive affirmations about Things that we may not believe about ourselves. I don't know if that's always the, the most helpful way to do it. I think sometimes the redefining a story, one example that I like to use and one example that I use in, in my own life is that obviously I'm, I'm kind of stepping out into my own business in the health and well-being space. And one of the things that I'm doing is, is mentoring individuals and organizations on improving their health and the health of their people. And despite having run a very successful physiotherapy clinic for a, a large rehabilitation provider for a number of years, I've never been in business for myself at the moment. So I have some before, sorry. So I have some imposter syndrome that sits around that. And instead of telling myself that I'm a great business person, because I don't know if I am, because I've always had the support there before, a helpful story reframe for me has been to utilize one of my other positive stories. I, I've always kind of viewed myself as an athlete because I've played a lot of sport and I've been physically active for nearly all of my life. So I, I think of myself as, as an athlete. So to take that story of I'm an athlete and apply it to this context of, of starting my own business and thinking about myself as okay, I, I may not be a, a businessman, I may not be an entrepreneur, but perhaps I could be a business athlete and I can think about, okay, what would a business athlete do in this situation? Can I approach this, this scenario like that? A business athlete would prepare, they'd practice, they'd review, they'd reflect, they'd train, they'd use some performance strategies when, when it came to crunch time. And... That's been really, really helpful for me to move forward and for me to take action in, in creating a business, even though I 
don't really believe that I'm a I'm a business person or an entrepreneur just yet. So the other three main drivers I think are of creating sustainable healthy behavior change for us is that it's building awareness, it's creating systems and it's it's redefining our stories and coming up with a with a great health plan within that. So hopefully you've found this helpful. Hopefully you can go away and, and start to think about your health in a, in a slightly different way rather than just which exercise you could do or should do or should I put butter in my morning coffee or not or what what's the best mindfulness app to download. Because at the end of the day, something is better than nothing when it comes to health. If you'd like a little bit more support with your health and with your with your performance or with your workplace's health and performance, then please reach out to me. I'm I'm happy to just have a chat with people, ask answer some questions that you might have. And if you if if it sounds like we might be able to work together, then that's fantastic. If not, then hopefully I can be helpful anyway to you. But thank you so much for sitting down getting uncomfortable with me today and thinking a little bit more about your health and and how it affects your life and, and your ability to perform have a great week thank you so much for getting uncomfortable with us today i always love these conversations if you want to have a, hear a guest, if you want to have a topic explored, if you want to ask a question, please send an email to chris at healthmentors.nz uh, and we can get onto that for you. If you want to support the show, the best way that you can do that is subscribe on your favorite podcast app and make sure to share it out with some of your mates as well. Thank you to Health Mentors, the sponsor of the show today. If you want to improve your health and your performance in the middle of a chaotic world, make sure to check out healthmentors.nz or send an email to chris at healthmentors.nz for a no-obligation chat. Thank you so much to my brother Jeremy Desmond for the amazing theme music to the show. And thank you to you guys for tuning in and listening all the way to the end. We'll see you all again next week.